my spidey senses tingling. He's the Professor X of my heart, Slim McAvoy, is your host this evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, the hottest podcast you're now listening to. You think his friends call him Jim, Jim McAvoy, or do they? I think they have to. Probably. I mean. Uh, welcome to the show, paperkeg.com. Uh, for the new listeners joining us for the first time ever, ready to have your socks blown off your feet. You came in search of something, dear listener. <laughs> um, we talk about industry news, the books we're reading. And uh, we do a little book club, you know? Uh, the book club this week is Civil War. The event book that started it all, Mark. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It's not what I heard. Uh, shut up. For five minutes. <laughs> this is why it's my last show. For five minutes. Uh, so let's go around. This is the first time you're listening to the show. We should introduce everybody. You know, this you shouldn't is, bother introducing this Mark. Is the, part of his last episode. the panel to end all panels? This 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 crew. Uh, to my left, he is the only published writer in this group right now. He is also the only one wearing a skin tight argyle sweater. Mm. Shows off the moves. <laughs> Oh my word, <laughs> Mark Farrington! You're a former DC historian. Welcome back to what could be your second to last show ever. It is good to be back on my second to last show ever. I'm excited to have you here. Your slacks look great. You know, I was thinking about pulling them up. Maybe get some high waters in these bad boys. Uh, do your socks match your sweater? No. No. Huh. Um, to his left, you wearing gaiters? You got gaiters uh, on. He, as of yet, is an unpublished writer, but that's not stopping him from growing one of the meanest mustaches I've ever seen in my life. Um, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my humble paper cake show den and doing this show with me. It's quite a den, you know? I'm not going to lie to you. You have your Face. own command center. Command Center 9, I think it's, yeah. it's been dubbed. The it's on the wiki. There's katanas in there. I'm not sure if those are legal swords. Oh, they are quite illegal. <laughs> I traffic in illegal Japanese swords. Uh, and finally, rounding out the show, uh, from the depths of New Jersey, uh, you've been called the podcast Jesus by our listeners. The only one that gets us back on the rails, you know, when some of us don't like mage or Transmetro Crappington. You know, you, you bring the show back. I try. Yeah, I've been... It's a burden. Dale underscore A, thank you for for holding that cross for us. You know, it's it's something I do for the show. I believe in it, and if I gotta, if I gotta write this ship, because you mugs are sinking us, you're the Italian cruise captains of, um, of the world. That's a hot news item that's Dale's brought up. about poignant. that. Poignant reference. Thank you. Speaking of hot news, uh, I'm not sure if anyone watches this little thing called the Super Bowl. 
you know, it's a sports celebration of life. Yeah, there was an Avengers trailer that dropped. Oh, who, who saw, saw it? it? Anybody see it? Hands raised. I saw it. I saw your hand is raised. Saw right now. it. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. It's fine. It's a podcast. Theater of the mind. <laughs> um, I saw it. You know, but there was no Nine Inch Nails music, so I didn't like it all that much. Mm, there we go. Not even that last shot of all the Avengers standing in a circle back to back in New York aflame. To back to back to back. Yeah. Back to back to back to back to back, I think. To back. I like that shot. Although that I, I shot. still think Captain America's helmet is goofy looking. Right. I liked it's, it in the original. It's very bright, his suit. Very bright blue, royal. He doesn't have the chin strap. It's just kind of sitting on his head. You mm-hmm. know? He doesn't have the chin strap? No. Maybe yeah. they can CGI it in. Yeah, I hope so. How about uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the extended trailer? Anybody watch that? I didn't see the extended trailer. I watched that today, yeah. What Rob- am I missing? Robin Williams. He yeah. plays uh, one of the villains. Uh, does he play Hulkbuster Iron Man? <laughs> we can only hope. Was there a Quinjet in there? <laughs> can we bring that up for the for the new listeners? When the Dark Knight you gotta Rises stop living in the past. trailer came out, Alcohol-induced. Um, Mark Farrington did not see it online, so he YouTubed it. So Tell he... Me. Not- Comes Comics across panelist expert. He comes across this fan-made trailer that is cut up with, uh, you know, American. Uh, what's the movie? American Beauty. Mer- no, not American Beauty. What's Death the- to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie's in it. I think um, uh, one-hour photo clips are in it. So it shows that Robin Williams in this fan trailer is the villain in this movie. <laughs> and Mark Twitter's. You know, who else saw this Dark Knight Rises trailer? How about Robin Williams as the main villain? I don't know about it, but I think it's going to be cool. Mark also went to the Eagles 49ers game and drank heavily that day. So no, judgment was impaired not. at Your best. Your nerd card has not been given back to you since that moment. <laughs> hey, what can I say? It was not a completely sober tweet. You think Michael Vick's going to come high-five you for uh, supporting? I don't think so. <laughs> what? You're there Mike, alone. Mike Vick is excited to see Robin Williams in The Avengers, I think. I'll be right there with him. My favorite tweet was, Again, oh, it's man, serious. it's going to be so weird, but I can't wait till he sees he says that line at the end. I'm going <laughs> to effing break you. <laughs> it was the strangest Twitter feed I have Mark ever read. Mark is visibly, visibly perturbed right now. So we should move on. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, – never mind, move on. There's um, no defense. The Avengers – the Avengers uh, looks. I mean, is it the Krees? The Scrolls? Are they the villains? I guess outside of Loki. I don't think they've revealed, have they? Just Loki is. Well, oh, some set shots of them fighting CGI ball people in the in the city. So I'm wondering what kind of yeah. aliens they're going to be fighting. Did they Those show the Quinjet in the extended trailer? Uh, it was like, actually just a paper airplane in the fan trailer <laughs> with a big Q on it. It was some guy with a hand on like the toy Quinjet, and he just moving. it But it's not the even frame. the real thing. It's like the, the plane from Starship Troopers. <laughs> They'll CGI it in. Kind of like that Wolverine bootleg that got released early. They'll put the graphics oh, in God, later. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're fighting the Kree. That's just my bet. You see the uh, Hulk is at least with the team at a certain point, so mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. still not sure if they're going to go the Ultimates route. Why didn't they show that trailer during the Super Bowl? I thought it was way better than the, the short one. There was no cool Iron Man shot where he's flying and fighting the things in midair. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they just wanted to push the social stuff. You know, like, go to our Facebook. Ooh. That's what it's all about now, the the internet. Ooh, we'll come and uh, see you. Like, like us, whatever that means. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Avengers, the movie.com. Uh, so that, what's that, May? Is that right? May, yeah. May, May 4th. I think May it's the 4th. weekend of a free comic book day or the something. The Watchmen. Before Watchmen. Nine Inch Nails music. Now Smashing Pumpkins. 
Man, that was Smashing Pumpkins. That one that made me want to see the movie. Yeah. And then it was kind of all right. Yeah. Before Watchmen, you know, they're back. They're bringing out some prequels. JMS. Big news. Is going to be doing some books. Darwin Cook. <sighs> Amanda Connor. Len Wein. Nice. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I bet he's going to wear that same uh, Wolverine party Bahama, shirt. Tommy Bahama <laughs> Wolverine shirt. One of the highlights of my life was meeting Len Wein. At, I think it was Baltimore Con, and he had like he was wearing a Wolverine party shirt that you see in comic shops. They're like silk, <laughs> and it's just got drawings of Wolverine on bright yellow. They're like sixty five dollars. Might be the only person I've ever seen wear that shirt. <laughs> you know what's sad? When I saw the him creator. at NYCC this year. Nobody was at his table, mm-hmm. so like I sauntered over, and, uh, which is my way, and I had my iPad out. I was showing him some digital comics, and he's like, "Oh yeah, what are they, what are these iPad things?" And I think my wife's got one. Like, come on, don't be a Woofington Len. You know what an <laughs> iPad is. He, uh, what was it? I don't remember what I was going to say, but so Len. Oh yeah, when you talked about no one was talking to him, when we went to one of the cons and no one was talking to Marv Wolfman, he was just like sitting sitting over there in a corner by himself. And it's just weird seeing some guy that was, like, a huge part of comics, and, you know, no one even gives a crap at the con. That's sad. Very sad. Made me cry a little bit. Did you cry, Marv? Don't cry. He's one of your heroes, I guess, right? Marv Wolfman or Len Wein? Both at the same time. Yep. It's one of your dreams. (laughs) Menage. (laughs) Menage comic stuff. Nobody was taking it there, Marv. I'm very upset that you brought it to that level, so let's continue on. Is this why we can't be listened to in public? If you would like to replace Mark Farrington on episode 46... Uh, you know how to contact us. Letters at papercake.com. So are you going to be it buying the Watchmen before before Watchmen? Are you going to be buying it? I'm one of the few that didn't like it that much. I don't think I am. Oh, God. There you didn't go. like the he news? Just, he just blew his wad before he even do a Watchmen yeah. book club. <laughs> Spoiler, Mark didn't like yeah. it. Why didn't you like Watchmen? It was okay, but it was one of those books that like fell victim to its own hype to me. You know that movie everybody tells you, go see this, go see this, go see this. It's like great. Planetary? Dark Knight, Dark Knight I call that reverse hype, where I just get annoyed that people are talking about it, and then I hate it. Exactly. That's how I went into Watchmen. When did you first read it? 2007, 2008. Good heavens. You waited. No, it was a late bloomer. Yeah. I well, we still haven't read late. Sandman, so we can't really complain. Those covers, man, just can't. can't get, <laughs> covers are can't weird. Can't get past them. Painted covers. I so, feel like I should be on LSD to read an issue of Sandman. I agree. Let's do LSD right now together. I'll be right back. Uh, so before Watchmen, you know, I'm interested. J.G. Jones is drawing the comedian book. Brian Azzarello. Your fave. I um, mean, they really got some top talent writing these books, which is, you know, it's probably like some sort of betrayal to the people who love right. the Watchmen the way it is. But, I mean, I, you can't deny the talent that's on these books to at least give it a chance. No, you can't. You got Andy and Joe Kubert, you got Amanda Connor, you got Adam Hughes, like some of DC's biggest talent right there. Yeah, the Andy and Joe Kubert, I'm excited about because I would, I you know, Andy's uh, pencils are okay, but I'd love to see it with his dad inking it. Yeah, that'd be pretty epic. Um, what, what's the other one that I was interested in? Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook doing Minutemen. So there's gonna be like, He's like made to m- do Minutemen. Yeah. They're, I guess they're going to be weekly. Uh, you know, essentially, they're going to have a new Watchmen book out every week, or at least two. I love how Brian Azzarello is writing Comedian. I think he's twisted enough to actually get it right. I think yeah. it'd be a fun read. Yeah, he did say, you know, wait wait to talk about it until you read it. So, I don't know. We'll see. The best part about all of this, though, is that Alan Moore 
is furious that DC's even touching his characters, mm-hmm. saying that they should be left untouched, leave it alone, don't go there. Yeah, there was a big debate about who technically owns the rights to it, and is it right that DC's doing something? Because evidently the rights will revert to Gibbons and Moore when it's out of print for more than a year. So, And at that time, there were no comics that were in print for more than a year ever. So they, I guess they just signed it like, you know, yeah, we'll like get it back in a year. That chance right. of this happening. Right. So then that happened. And it's funny because Mark Wade and JMS were, of course, going at it about the, you know, the history of the book. And would JMS be all right if, if they gave up the rights to Babylon 5? Would he be all right if someone else wrote it? And Mark Wade brought up a good point. Now, you know, when they, when they talked about out of print, a lot of these creators signed these contracts – uh, before trade paperbacks existed. So they had no idea that there would be a print for a trade paperback. And then they also signed these contracts with in print or out of print in the term in the terminology and this was before digital. And he made a good point where, you know, ideally or not ideally, but in theory a company could put the watchman on their website and for sale and and forever for nothing. They could just put it up there and in theory it would be in print for that amount of time. They would never bring the rights back to them. So. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's huge loophole. One yeah, big big loophole. So I don't know. So I don't think they'll ever get it back. It, it their company owned property. They'll never get it back. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. was that the last time that DC had ever really tried something where they had brand new characters like that? When was the last time they created something? They actually weren't new creations. They were based off old Charlotte and right. comics characters. So other than that, back maybe. The Crisis, they took some of the old characters and threw them into big-name people. Mm-hmm. Captain Adam, Blue Beetle. But other than that, I don't think they had it. Blue Beetle. I mean, he's like the worst ever, right? Yeah, he sold. Blue, or uh, who's Blue the Gold. other Booster <laughs> Booster Gold. We'll Blue talk Gold. about him. <laughs> we'll talk about him next week. Blue Booster Blue. Gold. <laughs> oh, God, he is literally the worst. What's funny is that all of the creators are divided down the middle, and should they do or should they not do Watchmen? It's almost like a civil war. Oh, nice plug. Mm. Wow. Mm. He's back. I don't know. Anyone else want to say anything about Watchmen? Um, Jonesy, will you be buying it? I don't know. Definitely not the uh, JMS issue. I won't buy it just because you're at war with JMS. Did you read Silver Surfer Requiem yet? I did not. Hmm. Judged. The much hyped. I mean, I don't even know why I even bother talking about comics in this podcast anymore. No one reads what I say. I read Jake Ellis, Luther Strode, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Six Gun. I picked up on your recommendation. I appreciate that. Podcast Martyr, Slim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dale, will you be buying before Watchmen? Yes, I will. There you go. You had a beard here first. Except maybe the comedian. I'm not really interested. What about J.G. Jones? He looks like Morrissey. Yeah, that's true. I'll I'll, I'll check it out. Morrissey JG Azarello Jones. Check it out. You? Uh, yeah, I'll be reading them. Is I don't that, know if I'll be. You know, is that some sort of pirate code? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be reading them but not buying them. I do not pirate comic books. Okay, I'm just. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if disclaimer. I work for Comicsology. That's true. Uh, just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Mark. Farrington. I will be reading them. Now you'll be reading them. I'll be reading them. <laughs> that, now I will Mark be reading them. Mark does not work for comicology. <laughs> that that, that is them. the pirate code. <laughs> we need to move on into the roundtable discussion of what we're reading. New and old, you know, we don't judge people much when we talk about what they're reading. 
question sometimes. Let's start it off with the podcast Jesus himself. Jesus underscore A. What are you reading right now? Wolves. What? The in the famous self-published work of Rebecca Clunan. Becky is her friend's Becky call Clunan, her, yeah, right? Becky, Becky, Becky Clunan. Becky Clunan. Only her mother probably calls her Rebecca Clunan. <laughs> Wolves is a uh, is a cute little comic. Yeah, is it cute? It's a, Look at that! It's adorable. It's a cute little uh, paper comic here, mm-hmm. and uh, but the cover is beautiful. It's, it's like a silk screened. That's nice. Thick cardstock. It actually looks like a wedding invitation, as Jonesy so eloquently put it. Which earlier. is why I like it so much. It's got like Chinese writing on the bottom. She has already won my heart. She is. She's got book. taste. Mm-hmm. She's got taste. And Wolves is a little black and white jobber that she did. And it's um, it's a nice little story that uh, kind of makes you think. And it, it's in regards to a, a hunter of some sorts. This is in like medieval times, the olden days, as they mm, would say. Okay. And there's a hunter who it's it's implied who has hunted uh, werewolves in the past. He's got little notches on its sword to kind of uh, imply that he's done this before. And this last hunt that he's been sent on may or may not have um, had consequences because he was kind of seeing the king's lady. Ooh. And as it turns out, you know, there might be some consequences to the the next hunt that he is sent on by the king. Mm. And after that, he is sent on his way with a pocket full of gold and a curse. The king says, this is your curse to bear, and uh, he sends him on his way. It's a little 24-page comic. It kind of um, lets you draw your own conclusions as to what happened on the hunt and after the and after the book that, you know, this is a, a self-contained story. So mm-hmm. it, you're kind of drawing your own conclusions, which is cool because you can go back and read it and pick up a different clue or a different panel, a little something in, in a panel and, and kind of change your story up a little bit. What did you think of the format, the size? Cause it's, it's a little smaller than a regular book. Yeah. It's like a little digest size book. I, I liked it. I liked the format. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, I, you know, I really like personally just buying it to support her. Mm-hmm. I know she only uh, my comic shop actually got this from her. I don't know if Diamond sells it or if she just sells it directly, but I know she takes it on the road with her as she's um, selling it at cons and stuff like that. It fit very well in your Tom Bin bag. Yeah, it's it's right in it goes right in my sleek Metro Tom Bin bag, and uh, I mean, darned if it's it's really cool. It's a black and white comic, but it's Becky Cloonan. I mean, her art. She's got this little style, her little panache. Mm. To her art, mm. um, her, her some of her faces all kind of look the same. That like the nose, so the she's kind of like um, the bridge of their nose, like Jim Lee, Phil Noto. Yeah, Phil Noto. All his ladies look alike. Yeah, I hate to break everyone's hearts. What Phil Noto? You did. Uh, he did uh, Wolverine and Jubilee. He did okay. some X two three covers. His Tumblr is pretty out of sight. It is. He has a sexy version of his Tumblr. Not yeah. safe for work. He just started that Raza. Code, code Raza Tumblr. I can't look at I can't look at my Tumblr feed when I go to when I go into the office because there's just naked women, you know, doing yeah. insane positions that I can't I can't uh, you know bring that to work with. Phil Noto likes to draw them natural. Let's just say that. Oh, natural. natural. As, like, as they say it on the streets. Jonesy right. loves beer. You have been called uh, the leader of the Bendis Back. fan club. 
to bring him back on Daredevil. I've seen it on the internet. It's, well, it's not just on the internet. I've said it to people on the street I've never met. Jonesy uh, loves like a campaign whore, mustache. You know, what are you reading right now? Sacrifice. You guys read this? Tell me of this. Book. Sam, I've never heard of it. I've heard of this. I picked it up because I uh, listened to your interview with uh, Sam Humphreys on the uh, the other podcast hmm. that you're infamous for. Hmm. Uh, I loved uh, Our Hold Love on. Is Real. Do you guys read that? I have read that. Yeah. Sc- scandalous, yeah, that comic book. O- almost like the uh, the last issue of Last of the Greats, like oh, very good scandalous. Heavens. Good heavens! Uh, but it tells the tale of a, a young boy, and I'll review uh, issues one and two because I read both. Um, who is like I don't know if it's mildly or epileptic, or he has epilepsy, and when he goes into his epileptic fits, he wakes up in like the Aztec era hmm. like he wakes up as like not an Aztec warrior but like the first time he wakes up he's like this uh, band of warriors from the local city like just come upon him he's in normal street clothes and he looks like a kid from the 20th century and so they kind of like take him to their leader and they're kind of using him as proof of uh, you know, uh, you know my Aztec god is better than yours and he kind of gets caught in the middle of this power struggle but at the same time he's also like Waking up back at home and trying to like, you know, which reality is real? You know, where am I really? And there's like some flashbacks about him and his father, like educating him on the Aztecs and the ancient culture. So you're like, is this just something that he's, you know, drawing these memories from and into his head or is it really happening? It's really good. Hmm. It's a really solid story. And um, I was expecting something like Our Love is Real when I first read this issue but I'm I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because that makes you know makes me sound like I didn't like our love is, our love is real but now I was surprised and it's a really good book and I'll be you were a, a surprised comma pleasantly yes okay yeah wow is this a so, uh, like an image book or what is this uh, I think it is published by image yeah, it's, it's created around yeah you know. it's in the comicsology app uh, actually I'm not sure if it is image or not it might just be Hold from on, his own. I'll tell you right now. His own making, similar to how our love is real started. Oh, okay. Uh, Hang on, I'll tell you. Load that up real quick. Load it up. I don't even need the intern. <laughs> That's awesome, though. How uh, he just don't doing it himself. Yeah, know? there is no imprint on the uh, the issue. And uh, he got he got a gig doing uh, John Carter from Marvel. You know, doing his own thing. Oh, is he doing John Carter? I think yeah, I, I think I remember that from your interview. It's a new one from Marvel. I guess it's a public domain property, so every publisher could do a John Carter book if they wanted to. Oh, really? Is, that, is yeah. it that old that it's public domain? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. We need to move on, though. I wish we, we I wish we didn't have to. We need. We don't want to leave out the Argyle in Chief from his <laughs> last right. two episodes. Uh, Mark, <laughs> what are you reading right now? Mark, are you wearing an undershirt? I gotta know. I gotta beat her out under this. Oh God! Can God. I be a part of the interview when you guys find my replacement? <laughs> I want to be in the room. You could be our HR guy. Sweet. I am reading "Goodbye Chunky Rice" by Craig Thompson. <laughs> that sounds racist. I'm not even sure you this is real. Be. Are you making this up? Craig Thompson, Harvey Award-winning book. Uh, it is the story about a turtle named Chunky who decides that he needs to leave home. He decides one day that where he is is not where he's meant to be, so he sets out for, I don't want to call it an adventure, but he wants to find a place to call home. book opens with him visiting his friend, who's a mouse named 
Edel? Eno? Edel? Ooh. Forgive can me. We say I'm that sorry. on the show? What? I'm not sure if we can say Edel? that. Edel? Eno? <laughs> anyway. No. Sorry, comic book shop Delaware. We can't air this one either. I started with an E. Anyway, it starts with them on the beach having a good time. They decide to camp out. They're just saying goodbye to one another. It's a PG book. And the next day, he packs up and leaves. And as he's leaving, he gets on a boat. He encounters random people. And this is where the book kind of lost me. The book looked like it was pushing to be about accepting loss and accepting change and moving on. But there was just so much weirdness in this that I didn't quite get it. I was expecting at any point in this hundred some odd page book for the turtle to decide that maybe home wasn't that bad or maybe that's where he wanted to be. Because all throughout the story, as he's going throughout this adventure, trying to find a new home, he's getting swindled by people he encounters. He's meeting random craziness and they're just kind of jerking him around. Meanwhile, his friend, the mouse back at home, can't really accept that he's gone. So she writes messages in bottles goes back to their old place listens to old songs that they used to like and towards the end of the book she just drives back out to the beach where they first started the book looks out at the water and says there is no goodbye book ends i didn't get it sounds like a sounds like a richard scary book is this a top shelf this is top shelf harvey award winning i wanted to read it because it's at the top of everybody's must read list if somebody got it Please break it down to me. Beth Corto will be here in about 10 minutes yeah. to set you straight. Yeah, right? Explain all the mythological influence I missed. Uh, <laughs> did you ever read Owlie? I did not. Any good? Oh, God. Owlie's so cute. It is probably the most adorable comic I've ever read. Did you cry? No, I didn't. Oh. Newsflash. Liar. Let's move on. Let's do it. Swim. We might need to keep the music, because I'm about to talk about Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah. Turn, Turn it up. back up. Turn it up. Number 30. Uh, Sweet Tooth number 30. Back in it monthly. I, I, I stopped for a while. I can't remember why. I think it was he took a little, he took like a one or two issue break and he had the guest artist do some kind of, you know, trippy stuff. So the Jeopard. Um. You know, he's left with Sweet Tooth. He's left the girls at this compound uh, to with this other guy, you know, who's presumably a cripple. Presumably. Presumably. Um, and there's a big reveal in the previous issue where he's not all he's said he is. And um, so now he reveals himself to, um, you know, Jeopard's kind of pseudo-girlfriend who is now dying from the plague. Mm. Good so she's you know, she is you know skeletal and her hair is falling out so she's powerless and there's the blonde that you know is kind of a wimpy you know she's had a, a hard past so she's a emotionally you know a wreck yeah that wimp yeah she's a wimp <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, I mean I'm playing the music for her <laughs> so and then they have you know the the um, what do you, what do they call it the children that are animals don't they have a name oh they're like uh, Hybrids. Hybrids. So, you know, so he is, he's obviously an evil man, and he's took out the, the, the people that worked at this compound, so all hell's going to break loose. He throws away his, his canes, and he's ready to just go ape-ass on these women. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, God, it's about to get it's real over. dark right now. Yeah. So. Be prepared. And Jeopard finds out that, you know, I knew it. I knew that guy was no good, so he 
gets in the Jeep and he races back to the compound, even though the people that told him this, that there's no way to get back in now. So he leaves Sweet Tooth with the doctor, you know, the kooky doctor, and Jeopard uh, heads back to the compound. And I'm like, oh, man, it's getting good again. Here we go. And then the issue ends and I got to wait another 30 oh, days. Oh, man. So that's the problem with this book, you know. It's emotional, and then I got a. Uh, it's emotional high, and then nothing for thirty days. Yeah, and then I try to get back up, and then there's nothing for thirty days. He does a great job of. I mean, that guy will string you along, and mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. It really like weighs on your heart after you read every each and every the if, first, issue. Of the that. first two trades of that series were fantastic. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I actually haven't read it. I think after the first two trades, so and maybe that's I stopped for whatever reason too. But like, I mean, it just. I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready for some kind of emotionally destructive issue where that guy does something terrible to those to those women. You know, it's been a while where I've you've been, built it, yourself where, up. Yeah, where I've, it was been a while since I've wanted to cry during Sweet Tooth. So I think he's going to make me cry next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's just something like a lot of the stuff where the Sweet Tooth makes you, you know, emote. If I could use that word and not be kind of a d bag, um, are emotional highs too, where there's a really awesome scene. Between characters, and it makes you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, feel great. Is Sweet Tooth a tearjerker? I would, I, I might say so. Yeah, okay. I, I could, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and like w- it's the same you were speaking of, though, with the ha- the highs, like when Gus, you know, the simplest thing happens to Gus, you know what I mean, and you and Gus gets happy, mm-hmm. you get happy right along with him because yeah. it's not a, it's not a nice place, but you know, something goofy happens to Gus, or he smiles and makes a little joke. It's just like, oh, there you go, and then. He goes ahead and he kills somebody, you know. It's blown kills my one of the hybrid kids. It's blown my mind to hear you guys talk about Sweet Tooth because I've never read it. But all I can think of when I hear the book is Jeff Lemire and that cover image from issue number one with the goofy-looking kid. Mm-hmm. The, the antlers. antlers. That's the most – when I hear Sweet Tooth, I think of that shot. If you like the Justice League, you'll love Sweet Tooth. <laughs> Failing to see the correlation. If all you like is the Justice League, <laughs> I think it's a nice fanboy quote. We need to get into Whoa. the lightning round. So we're running out of tapes, Lynn? We're running out Are of... Are we trying to beat the 43-minute mark? We're running out of tape. You know, we took some heat two episodes ago for a short episode. Boy, we sure did. But uh, tough ass, you know? We need to move on right now. We had kids, <laughs> we were, we had kids running upstairs unsupervised. <laughs> Podcast... Bad boy, Dale underscore A. Looks like uh, you're ready to tell us your lightning round right now. You know what? Actually, hold on a second. Didn't I have a rebuttal from the last episode? Oh, wow. How did you remember that? What was the one you talked about? We have I enough just... tape for you to decide what your rebuttal was. You go You go with your lightning Can I round. Can you what it was? I know I what... Will... You know what last week's was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me know. It was about Darwin Cook and the shade. That's all I... The lightning no, that was about. not it. Yes, it what was. What was the one before that? Tell me. No, you had the rebuttal, rebuttal when I said the... The rebuttal? The normal artist for Wonder Woman is guesting oh, on the show. okay, shade. yeah, you're right, uh, strangely. Cliff Chang <laughs> left an issue of Wonder Woman to do an issue of The Shade? I, I don't get that. Wasn't Darwin Cook doing Wonder Woman? No. Okay, never mind then. Maybe he was signing his new contract as co-writer of Wonder Woman? Oh, so you're saying Darwin Cook drew the issue, not Cliff Chang? Yes. Okay. I But don't listen to my facts. I don't know anything. <laughs> I never will. I don't know why. I don't know why I even bothered... That could be my favorite paper keg. Sorry, Cliff Chang. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Cliff Chang. I compared you to Darwin Cook. What an (laughs) insult. Oh, boy. Where am I going to go? Animal Man number six. 
or six. Readers of Animal Man, feel free to skip Animal Man number six. Wow. Rough. Even with John Paul. That was one sentence. Is that all you got? If you like Hallmark movies, read Animal Man number six. (laughs) (laughs) Astonishing X-Men issue 46. I picked up this issue because of the B.A. Wolverine cover. Hmm. Do not judge a book by its cover. It's getting negative. We'll get lightning rounded. Peanuts number one from Kaboom Studios. Slow week for you, Mark? Not Sorry, at all. Go ahead. <laughs> Not at all. Brings back countless memories That's of me. peanut reading comics. If you're tired of superheroes and six part story arcs, give this book a shot. Nice. Ed Bruby Brubaker's Winter Soldier number one. Quite an entertaining book, powered by its exuberant colors. Two ninety nine. Check it out. <laughs> Not three ninety nine. So I draw the line. You know, lightning paragraph. They don't lightning paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> there was some ellipsi in that sentence. <laughs> we have probably our biggest book club in history right now. Get real. Uh, Civil War from Mark's favorite writer, Mark Miller. And Steve McNiven, fan favorite. I love McNiven. Before we can do that, real quick. Sure. I, I honestly, I didn't know that. I thought Darwin Cook was the Wonder Woman artist, so. Uh, it's already, My apologies. It's already done. My apologies. It's really over. Civil War. <laughs> Civil War. Civil War, um, the event that started it all. You know, the event that started a yearly event for Marvel because it made so much cash money with its tie-ins. Mark looks Mark looks like he just tried to pinch a loaf right now. He looks in pain <laughs> while I'm just describing it. It's been a long day. Um, Very long day. So this is the trait or the, um, you know, the big series where um, the superhero registration started, you know, Cap versus Tony. Um and ends up with Tony getting, uh, or um, Captain America being arrested. That's the super abridged version. The longer version starts out starts out with Speedball uh, on a reality TV show, you know, acting like the New Warriors have their own show, so they're acting recklessly for the television ratings. And they get a school blown up with kids. Yeah, yeah. Bottom people. line, dead. So there's a big conflict where people say, you know, these superheroes need to be sanctioned by the government. We need some control over these people and their powers. And that draws a a split, a schism between the superhero community. You now one led by Captain America in the underground and uh Tony Stark, you know, for the government. And it started a whole slew of tie ins, you know, the initiative, every comic book imaginable had, you know, the Civil War banner on the cover mm-hmm. for like three or four issues or seven, At I don't least, even know. Yeah. Um and uh, side note, it tied into one of my all-time least favorite Wolverine arcs by Umberto Ramos <laughs> on art where he gets incinerated down to his skeleton. 
and somehow recuperates back into himself. I mean, I draw the line right there. That's where I draw the That's line. That's where you would draw the books. line. That's it. Okay. Drawn. That's that. That took me off Umberto for quite a while. Sorry. Um, and so this was this was the big one, the big one. What did you think, Loaf Pincher in Chief, Mark Farrington? Look at his face. He's, he's torn. sweating. Are you all right? He's no, sitting no. on a commode right now. I'm torn. That was deep in thought. Uh, what did I think? I oh, like the story when it originally came out. I still like it now, but. I think it reads better as a chapter in the seven-year epic saga that Bendis wrote for Marvel. As a standalone story, it was good, not great. Uh, We read this because I really wanted to read a popcorn book, and I think that's what it was. It was a blockbuster, entertaining superhero slugfest. You said Bendis. Did you mean Miller? No, I meant Bendis because he started... This stemmed from when Bendis got on Avengers in 04 and did Avengers Disassembled. Mm-hmm. That was the opening chapter. From there, it led to House of M. That led to Civil War, which led to Secret Invasion, which led to Siege. Mm-hmm. And I think I might be missing a chapter in between World there. World War Hulk. War, War Hulk, thank you. That was in there. War War Hulk. <laughs> War War Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about this book is opens up in part one. The school blows up. Everybody Classic. is... Funny, funny moment. <laughs> I laugh at car accidents. <laughs> the laugh out loud moment where all the kids die. <laughs> yeah. Where all the women are in the gas chamber in World right. War Two. Did I laugh at that? Yeah, quite pointedly. Can we pull up that audio clip? Yeah. <laughs> Opens up with an accident at the school causing the death of 600 plus civilians. And obviously everybody is upset about it. The government pushes through you. the Superhero Registration Act. And ordinarily when I hear... The government and Captain America and Tony Stark. You're thinking Captain America is just going to be the tool who does whatever the government tells him. Tool of the government, you mean, not just a tool. Thank you. I understood. And conversely, the roles are reversed. Tony Stark claims that he's a futurist who saw this coming. And Steve Rogers is the one fighting for civil liberties and decides to be the rebel in this story. Was the, do you remember the Illuminati series? Was this, was that a prelude to this Event or was that something else? You know, where Professor X and Iron Man and I think it was Fantastic Andrew. Four were like a secret group. It came out during the same time frame, but it ended at this. This was the straw that broke their back, I believe. Jonesy loves beer. Okay, so here's what I thought about Civil War. I had not read it, or and I didn't uh, read the uh, Secret Evasion. Or Siege. I actually don't follow big Marvel events, uh, except for Shadowland and Wait, what, what was I thinking? Did you say you've never read Civil War until now? Yeah, this is my first time reading it all the way through. Thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, I'll see Good you later. Show. Take it easy. <laughs> uh, so, why did I, I really like Civil War, and not just for the popcorn moments, which there are plenty of, and uh, I came away hating Tony Stark after Civil War, but it felt like Civil War had stakes. Anyone else got that feeling? Mm. Absolutely. Like you thought that, like, you know, fear itself, for instance, you know, that's just going to be right back to the status quo. Mm. After those 68 hammers that came from Valhalla get, you know, sorted out and put back Garbage. away. You know, at the end of the day, the Avengers are still going to avenge and the X-Men are going to be like, oh, mutant freedom. Like, it's going to be back to business as normal. But Civil War definitely felt like 
the architecture of the Marvel Universe was going to change. And it did, if you think about it, for the next couple of years. Um, in comparison to like Secret Invasion, uh, which I read directly after this, Civil War is orchestrated much better. And I actually wish I didn't read Secret Invasion because I like Civil War so much. Mm-hmm. Like That's just like, oh, we have uh, aliens for you to fight now. It reminds me of uh, reading The Ultimates Volume 1. And then reading the Ultimates Volume Two, like you had all these stakes, earth-shattering stories, characters were going through massive amounts of important growth, and then the second chapter was aliens. Let's fight, you know. Yeah. It just it, it didn't do it for me. But Civil War, I mean, it was just good storytelling. I think you're right that the stakes changed because for Marvel, this book was a game changer to their status quo. I think none of the major characters walked away from this story unchanged. It directly led to the death of Steve Rogers. Tony Stark was the Marvel hero spin at his name when they mentioned him. He was the bad guy in everybody's book for months to come. Helped Osborn get in power. The Avengers split up because of it. Yeah, it changed everything for Marvel. That was This was like the last event that I think it had repercussions. Was it, was it Civil War, then Secret Invasion, then Siege? Yeah. Was that the yeah. order? Yeah, I recently read Secret Invasion, and I don't... I didn't like it all that much. I don't know why. Maybe it just wasn't good. Basically, I think Secret Evasion just served to make Norman Osborn look like a hero. I think like there was a whole event book just so Norman Osborn would be a good guy to come in for a siege. I think you would like Secret Invasion more if you read what led up to it. Because after Civil War, it really did start. It came out the gate strong and just kept speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. So Secret Invasion felt natural. I could see reading them apart would suck. There was a lot, uh, more so than any other event that I can remember, there was a lot of stuff that felt like happened outside of the book. Um, So that in between Civil War issues, I felt like I missed a lot. Yeah, I think think what we know now, like we've read so so many comics since then, it's you really get a sense of how much we're in the tie-in books. For all the Civil War, especially like the Peter Parker stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that was like a huge storyline, and it was barely touched in mm-hmm. Civil War Prime. I guess. Yeah, he just like showed up with the Tony Stark suit and was yeah. like battling Tony Stark in the beginning of one issue. And I remember I have like the print issues in a long box, and I remember the battle, but just reading the trade, you you miss so much. Yeah, I mean, who knows what happened between the two characters? You know what blew me away? The amount of s that Tony Stark talked on all his best friends in this mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hey, uh, you know, you're still gonna meet with this guy for Thanksgiving dinner, right? And at the end of Civil War, he's like, "Hey, we're still friends, right?" And you're like, <laughs> you, "You mf'er." Yeah, yeah. The 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 storyline. I mean, it was perfectly orchestrated. Like the Marvel people who put this together was just like it's like no other. I mean the uh, the fact that they they bridge they shove a wedge in between the uh, the superheroes right down the middle and people have to choose sides, I mean it's it's just a quite quite a great storyline and uh, I'm just thinking I think of that one um, the one scene now where Murray Hill's talking to Cap and is like Cap all right this is what we got to do to uh, bring these folks down and stuff like that and Cap like turns and he's like what. Yeah, that's a cool scene. You expect me to do this? Like, it's totally, you didn't see Cap, it, you didn't see it coming, but, and then you just see the look on his face, and it's just, like, amazing how he's just like, I'm not doing this. What, how about the scene where he leaves and he's, like, riding the jet? 
on the yeah, he's yeah, riding yeah. the top of the jet as yeah. a big splash page. Yeah, yeah, cool. I think he calls the pilot like son. He's oh, like, don't yeah, worry. Watch, he says, watch the potty mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in like the next panel, you find out that he bought that pilot a burger and fries. Oh, no. Just I to make remember. up yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, he's like, uh, did they say where he went? As though, well, the pilots are still starstruck because he landed the plane and then took him out to lunch afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those are, that's the, the stuff that Miller, you know, that we loved Miller writing and the characters in Ultimates. Like, I think he mm-hmm. wrote the best cap. He was like, yeah, he's, he's like the most human. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he writes Captain America as Captain America would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's it sounds weird put, trying to put it that way, but the um, some of my other favorite spots were when the this was like the the first time that Punisher was reintroduced back into the Marvel universe. You know, when he showed up in that big splash page holding you know the dying Spider Man. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, he, awesome sp- splash page. Yeah, and then like I don't read I don't read a whole lot of Punisher. I don't really know a, a, a whole bunch about the guy. I know his like, family these... was killed, well, yeah, and he <laughs> went on like this murderous <laughs> spree to. I know criminals. that. I know that from the movie. Oh, okay. so when they Sorry. were in Miami, um, <laughs> which is now on Netflix streaming. He like you. totally I murders those two villains in the <laughs> yes. face. Like he just shoots them in the face, and Cap's like, "I know I shouldn't have trusted you, Frank Castle. Get out of here, you murderous <laughs> that scum!" Was awesome. I was like, "Whoa, I did not see that coming." It and was cool how he was like infiltrating uh, the Baxter building. Yeah, there. yeah, and it was so awesome because he didn't even bat an eyelash. Like the second where two <laughs> villains were in the room, he right. just instantly murdered them, <laughs> yeah. and is like, "Hey, what?" He's <laughs> like, "They're I'm mur- the Punisher." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you expected anything else? Yeah, and Cap just like beats the crap out of him. There's like a panel where everybody's just stunned that he guns these guys down before they can finish their sentence and Frank's like what you you wanted to hear what they had to say for us? right <laughs> and, yeah. and the scene you know and I and Cap asked him why he wouldn't fight back and I thought that was really cool oh yeah spot where they say you know you were probably his idol when he went yeah, into the war that was wild man. and then I think that set up uh, a run of Punisher books where he wore like a Captain America like suit as an homage but I never read them I remember the covers where he wore at all Oh yeah, yeah. Almost because that when he was holding the the mask at the end of the series, he went on. I, I'm gonna have to find the books. I just I can't remember now. It was either him or Cap, or I'm um, Cable. I'm sorry. What I also loved about this book too was, and I know it's ridiculous to take funny books and compare them to the real world, but I think if superheroes were real and existed in our world, this would be a very likely scenario where people would want these incredibly powerful beings to register with the government. And in this particular story, there's no clear-cut answer. There's a part of me that wants to be ideal and say, you know what? No, they need to protect their families, civil liberties, whatever. Then there's the practical grown part of me that's saying, yeah, they need to answer to somebody. And that ultimately is the argument that they discuss in this book. It's, is it okay to be a vigilante? Or should they register with the government and have some accountability? Well, I like the... And I forget, it might have been in the first issue, where I think it was the Maria Hill moment where she's like, hey, is there any heavy hitters? Anybody you think you can't take? And uh, Cap, he said something that's close to, you know, the street level guys like Daredevil. He's not going to, he's going to roster because when you think about it, those people that are in neighborhoods like have the most to lose. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they don't want their identities out there. Yep. I mean, at this point, Daredevil lost like nine wives, a couple of random kids. Like, you know. oh, you know what? That reminds me. Wasn't was he? 
I don't think that was Daredevil in this series, right? Wasn't that Danny Rand? Yeah, or it was Danny it, Rand. It wasn't Correct. revealed to be at that time. Eventually, it was revealed that's because in his book he was out doing. He was in something. jail. Was he in jail? He was in jail at that point. Uh, Brew Baker probably sent him to jail. And I, I think it probably was actually. Wasn't there a panel where he had like eyes? Did uh, he have like? I don't know. I, I remember don't... he had this weird coin. In his hand, Maybe that's he was like rolling, he was like rolling a quarter in his knuckles. He was doing that, but there was a panel. It didn't really show his eyes. It was still red. The eyelids were still redded over. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was weird. And I'm trying to think of what else. What else was cool too is the scene right before what Jonesy was talking about, where all of the heroes are meeting in the Baxter Building before the act goes into law, and they're debating what they do. And you hear some people say, "Maybe we should go on strike." Maybe we should do this. They just want to pay us and we'll be government employees. And Spider-Man says, I can't do this. I mean, I'm going to come home one day. My wife's going to be impaled by an octopus arm and my aunt's going to be held hostage. Because yeah. that's the thing. that They go on to say, like, the rich guys, like the Fantastic Four, you have, like, a super secure building. Powers. And, and powers. And you're on the government side. Same thing with Tony Stark. But, like, the guys just they put on a mask to go keep their neighborhood safe. Like, they're putting it all on the line. For what? For a, you know. Another great moment in it is the moment in issue two in typical Peter Parker and Luck where he, at this point, is still listening to Tony. He's still signing up the pro registration. He tells Tony that it's his responsibility to step up and help me enforce this. So naturally, Spider-Man does that, looking at Tony like a father figure, unmasks himself in front of national television. And maybe my favorite single panel in the book is when J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> sees it and just faints. He's like, I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old, realizes that this kid he's been paying to be a photographer is, in fact, Spider-Man. That oh. made national news real yeah. life. That was, yeah, it was a neat idea in terms of selling the book and changing Spider-Man's book, too. Mm -hmm. But I, it was kind of out of character. You know, he's so, he's got such a hell-bent on protecting his family, and then he just complete, does the Yeah, complete and then he opposite. was just completely convinced by Tony Stark, like, otherwise. I mm -hmm. think this goes to the point you were making, Slim, earlier about all the stuff that happened off-panel. Because at that point, I was reading JMS's Amazing Spider-Man. He did an incredible job of selling that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. for Jones, years, he's Jones been... his favorite writer, JMS. Is it? No. Didn't think so. Not at all. <laughs> I wasn't sure. No. In it, he just... I do have his fedora, though, on the wall over there. I think at this point, him and Tony realized they're kindred spirits. They're both science guys. Tony had all the breaks where Peter had none. So Tony takes Peter under his wing, builds him up, says, you're going to be my right-hand man at Stark Industries. Oh, by the way, I'm going to move your family. I'm going to protect them. Everything's going to be okay. So he's looking up to Tony at this point. So Tony just cold-heartedly manipulates him into being the poster boy for registration. Then halfway through the book, Peter realizes just how wrong it is mm -hmm. and just how badly he's treating everybody. There was a cool scene where he's fighting in the last issue Spider-Man and he's doing all these crazy moves in you know the big page. And I think Mr. Fantastic you know, remarks, uh, what does he say? Does amazing. He, does he say amazing? And then Spider-Man kicks him and he says spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I nerded it a little bit. I think um, it, I know it was a more of a plot device than anything, but the... Uh, the whole clone of Thor, Clore, was that Clore? Clore. Um, that yeah. was uh, that was a little weird. I know it was to push along the Sue Storm storyline to make Stu, Sue Storm uh, uh, go over to the uh, the hidden side of mm -hmm. Cap and Cap side. Um, I just didn't feel the. I didn't. F I didn't like. I didn't shudder or shake in my knees when I saw 
Thor show up. I mean, other than he, he killed Goliath, but I didn't. I'm like, oh my god, the game's over now that Thor's like. I didn't get that feeling like this Thor was about to change the game. Well, I think at the time he had been gone for a few years, right? Right. He'd um, been, maybe. Yeah, he'd been dead. So this was, you know, rumored to be the big return, and then. Uh, and so then, maybe at the time it was. Yeah, at the time it was big, and then it was revealed that maybe it's not really Thor. Because in, I think in the next issue they show him operating in his brain, so it was kind of yeah, it's like there's operating on his robot brain, and right? Then Reed's like not paying attention to anybody. He's been in surgery for 36 hours. Right, yeah. Sue just like defecates, not defecates. Sue D Freudian slip defecates to the. What happens in Dale's fantasies of the Sue Storm and Namor? Now we know. The one thing I noticed, and I remember, I don't remember at the time how late the issues were. I remember they delayed them so that McNiven, they wouldn't have fill-in artists. But I definitely felt like the last two issues had some not great McNiven art where some pages were, yeah. you know, really rushed and he didn't do half the detail. I was going to comment on that, too. Like, I don't the the art as a whole, like, especially in the faces and stuff, Captain America's face just looked goofy at times. And maybe yeah, like, it was more in the last two issues more than anything, but mm-hmm. I, ju- I just didn't, the art didn't do anything for me. Hmm. I remember when I first started seeing McNiven's work, he does, like, the weird upshot where, like, the camera's on the ground and it's looking up at, you know, their face. So you can see their chin from, a, like, a three-quarter angle. That's, like, his patented move. The guy that's drawing X-Force does it all the time. Okay. Greg Togini or whatever his name is, Uncanny X-Force. You're talking about the guy who's doing the fill-ins right now? Yeah. Um, horrendous abysmal horrendous <laughs> abysmal um but McD- i always see that in mcniven but he didn't do it he doesn't do it as much now but that's kind of like his patented thing and i yeah the, the last two issues definitely he some pages he kind of took a day off in order to get certain yeah. splash pages done so. i think the book ended perfectly i think that the only outcome this book could have had was captain america losing otherwise it just would have gone on indefinitely. I wasn't sure how yeah. I feel about it, but it was it, it was the right ending. I guess it did have to end. The only the, that's the only thing I felt what like it seven issues just wasn't enough or something. But I mean, I, it did have to end at some point, and I was surprised. I, it's actually um, I remember more from the game Ultimate Alliance two, the uh, Xbox or PlayStation game. So I was like expecting like penance to show up, but I guess that just all happens after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Civil yep. War is over. Like I expected him to show up and have a hand in changing the war or or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess it's because after Civil War, things just went on for a lot longer. Like the Avengers Initiative book title and stuff like that. Right. And uh, Great Lates Avengers and all that. That was uh, <laughs> Great Lates Avengers. That was like all after the this uh this main event. And throughout the new Avengers storyline after this, Iron Man was almost a bad guy because the first few issues opened with them and the Mighty Avengers fighting. Or yeah. every time that the new Avengers would be on the scene and the Mighty Avengers would help out just to make sure the crisis is averted, they would wind up turning their back saying, yeah. hey, you were never here. Yeah, I do remember that. I'll that give was... you this one. Go. Yeah, I remember, and, and you know, I'm about to pay JMS a compliment, so put it on the wiki. Uh, what His Thor run, that Sorry. relaunch he did. Great issue. Yeah, there was an issue where they fight in New Orleans. Yeah, JMS kind of makes a commentary on superheroes and Hurricane Katrina, uh, you know, that kind of heavy-handed S that he's known for. 
But uh, Iron Man shows up and be like, hey, Thor, you're back. You know, it's your friend, Iron Man. And he's like, my friend, dude, I'm a god. I know you made a crappy clone and you had him kill in my name. But he goes through like this great five panel thing where he's like, in the moment that you touch my S again, I'm going to fill the skies with lightning so you can't fly. I'm going to flood the water so Namor dies. Like, if you really want to F around. Yeah, it's going to get row. Nice. It was really cool. And, and you know what? Props to JMS for that. Yeah. You know what else is cool in this? The reason, the story reason they gave the X-Men for not getting involved. When, in issue two, when Stahoni and Steve were going out throughout the Marvel Universe trying to recruit people to their side, Tony Stark goes to the X-Mansion, has a drink with Emma, and you learn that they yeah. used to... Uh, bump uglies, I think. Thank you. They used to bump uglies whenever they were single. She says, we decided, we took a vote, we decided that we're going to stay neutral. Where were the Avengers when our mutant babies were being killed in Genosha? You guys didn't help us. Which is also weird because you, you I know that there were Civil War tie-ins for X-Men. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and I, Wolverine obviously regenerated from I don't want to talk about it anymore. Team Skull. I mean, I Ten issues where they take a vote. <laughs> I think yeah, it might yeah. have been called X-Men Civil War The Vote I think <laughs> The ballots Spinoffs suck Especially when they do crossovers But this one had some of my favorite single issues In all of comics Name the, five The epilogue New Avengers the, Converse, the Confession Tony Stark and Steve Rogers was good Iron Man Captain America Casualties of War Those were good The New Avenger Illuminati That was okay Alright Three of my favorite Thanks. single issues of Thank all time you. Thank, Thank you, you. The patented Slim Name Five Challenge. <laughs> no one has Drink ever. Two. No one has ever beaten it. <laughs> Drink five. So Slim, you liked it. Uh, I I liked it, uh, but not as much as I remember liking it. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. Maybe the breaks in between hurt the read in trade format, whereas it wouldn't have in monthly format. Um, I remember loving it when it first came out, but. You know, I didn't love it as much this time around. There were some definitely, definite great spots, but the weird breaks in between hurt uh, some spots. You know, yeah, that's just uh, it's just, just the way it take, is. You know, and we uh, we gotta move on. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read for the last time. To you, I guess I'm gonna have to make a new sounder. Yeah, we will have to uh, get in the studio and get somebody else named Farrington. I had a good run. <laughs> Mama Math, is she available? She knows more about comics than I do. We get letters every week. Letters at papercake.com. We'll read the best and we'll delete the rest. <laughs> uh, next week, the death of Superman. Ooh, man. Eek. Believe that? Get ready. Get your get, get your, your popcorn ready. Get your reading <laughs> in, as Terrell Owens once said. Mark Farrington, did we get any letters this week? We got a few letters this week. One from Steve M. I'm going to throw out a sleeper pick for your 50th, Craven's Last Hunt. And to help perpetuate listener lightning round, I'll summarize Action Comics number six, quote, if nobody hit it already. There were 30 pages in this book, and some of those had drawings of Superman. <laughs> that was about all I understood. Keep up the good work. Steve, Steve M. M. Uh, we are auditioning for our fourth host, Steve. So. <laughs> I think Steve just won the auditions. <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely agree. Action Comics, 
was Action Comics 6, was it? Yep. Garbage. <laughs> Legions, Legion of Superheroes, who cares? The Legion is not garbage, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand a thing. You want to put the Legion in, you're rebooting Superman, and you want to throw in the Legion to new readers. Who cares? Without the Legion. Sure you can. It was confusing Birth as hell. Right. Birthright, my friend. I loved Birthright. You're right about that. I love Birthright. You want to talk about the worst comic book characters ever created by human beings? Look no further than Legion. I rest my case. Wow. Steve, thanks for the email. This yeah. is including Great Lakes Avengers. Thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good Read analysis, up. Steve. We'll get you the book clubs as soon as possible. Next one is coming from longtime show listener Chris Miranda. Hey, Keggers, it's been a strange month as I've been making the transition from buying at my LCS, local comic shop, to purchasing through DCB service. Whoa. Uh, Someone's just all going to stump. Is JM Stump right now? (laughs) Don't let him get into your head, Miranda. On the positive side, last night I received my first box built with a fat stack of comics, including a, quote, indecent proposal-like, end quote, fantasy of Jonesy and I rolling around on a bed of unmolested floppies. Good grief. On the negative, they won't be unmolested for long. For long, when we're done. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jensen, your Japanese impressions are not welcome here. <laughs> oh. On the negative, I've elected to ship only once a month. Oh boy, which allows me to purchase two additional titles, but places me nearly a month behind on a few of our favorite titles: An Old Man, Swamp Thing, and the Gone Too Soon OMAC. So tell me, fellow keg exercise experts. Is it important to be in the know when it comes to my comics? Much love. Uh, yeah. No. No. Jonesy, let your mustache answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't it be funny if it had old-timey voice? Well, see? I don't think... I find that. It, it depends. Um, talking about that and then Civil War, I don't think I was into the news industry of comics as much when I read that because I don't remember knowing how the end was going to turn out. So and then at that time, wouldn't you have already read the solicitations for the next three months of comic books? You would have already known, I guess. Um, And I don't remember knowing. I can't remember what the what that was like back then. I would think they had to solicit the initiative and definitely, or I don't know, maybe they just didn't say anything. Maybe they just called it the initiative, didn't have covers, and like from the fallout of Civil War, they had a lot of like top secret. If I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. they would give you the title of a book, but say so secret we can't even tell you. Yeah, but even so, I mean, even if you just, obviously, on, when you're on Twitter and stuff like that, you're going to see what Bleeding Cool and Newsarama puts out, but it's still, you don't have to keep on top. If I didn't have a podcast, I would be so far behind on comics. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, so you just have to enjoy the ride. I mean, the solicitations may spoil it for you, but that's just the end result. I mean, the reading the comics is the enjoyable part, and you're not going to... They're not going to be uh, reporting on, you know, the cool line that was said, you know, when Captain America turned heel and jumped on a fighter jet to to uh, upset Maria Hill. I mean, yeah, don't read solicitations or previews. I, I stopped and I, I'm all the better for it. I couldn't agree more. I was getting sick of comics, reading news and solicitations. It just wasn't fresh going into a story. But since I stopped, it's nice to actually, like Dale said, just enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you are spoiled, don't let it spoil your heart I mean be depressed for a day but don't let your heart be troubled is that what uh yeah your friend um what's his name I don't know I lost it I got a lot of friends that's not true any more emails Mark 
I think we're saving those for next week. I think we kind of got to. I see somebody mentioned Death of Superman, but more on that next week. Okay. Death of Superman next week. Could be the biggest show we've ever done. Super wind column. (laughs) It is totally burnt down right now. Death of the wind column. Uh, What a great show. Great show. In honor being here for Mark's second to last. Who will replace Mark? Steve. Or Beth Corto. Mm. Or or, uh, Just Dave. Are you going to lose a wink of sleep when you fire me? (laughs) I'm going to do somersaults around the house. He doesn't sleep, so. (laughs) That's true. That's actually a fact. (laughs) As I cry right now. No, we'll see everybody next week. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Paper keg raw. You didn't stop the podcast, did you? Uh, Fireside yeah, chat. We're not recording right now. No, this is uh, this is just us talking to microphones for no mic. reason. Whoa, what was Whoa. that? Kicking what the coffee ghost. Um, that's it. Another show, huh, boys? Another one of the books. Feels pretty good. You know, Dale. You know what question I get asked a lot? <laughs> What's that? Uh, at Jones Eagles Beer, what are some podcasts that you listen to? Whoa. You guys ever get that? Jonesy's going on script, off script right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is meta. I feel like there should be like a... Sounds uh, very off the cuff, though. Supermarket jingle music in the background. Jonesy cannot ad-lib right now. <laughs> I, I want to see this, the other side of your iPad right now. There's like a... Jonesy... It just says, Jonesy, speak, pause, Jonesy, ask, pause. I get uh, last a lot of... There's actually a line in here I wrote for Farrington where he said, I never heard anybody of those. Uh, so what was your question about podcasts? Yeah, what do we all? What Jensen, can what we you, recommend Jensen, to the fans? What do you listen to podcast wise? Uh, I have a li- I have two lists. I have a list of episodes oh, I, I listen to religiously, and ones that I only listen to if like I like the guest star kind of deal. Oh, like uh, I used to listen religiously to what the f with Mark Marin, but now I've WTF Bob. Yeah, I'm too. At this point, it, it, it's only if I like a guest star I'm gonna see. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics wise, I listen to uh, the Major Spoilers podcast. They you don't, guys you don't are have to good. say mine. You don't have to say it. Uh, the Comicsologist. <laughs> I often cite it in the show while I we're know, talking, so know. people know I listen. Did you? What did you think of my voice on the Major Spoilers podcast? It was trippy. It wasn't uh, like <laughs> you. It looked like it sounded like not looked like you just got off some like a major Nyquil bender. I was pretty sick, and I had to record those. I had to record two, and it took me. Like two hours to edit them into fifteen seconds. Oh my god! Yeah. And uh, the one terrible. on Critical Hit, which is their uh, Dungeons and Dragons spinoff podcast, uh-huh. you're definitely much loopier than you are <laughs> in the regular major spoilers one. And it's funny because when you edit it, there's no like inhaling in between what I say, so it's just like bang, 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 like eight things at <laughs> once. Where there's it's not humanly possible to say it. It sounds like you're on the dope. When you, maybe yeah. I was. Maybe I was. Uh, also, real quick, uh, I listened to uh, all the How Stuff Works podcasts. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's see. Indoor Kids video games I listened to. And uh, Vergecast on Slim's uh, recommendation, hmm. Technology hmm. Tech. Hmm. used to listen to this one uh, made by Slim and his called? dear wife. Tech Smoke. 
memories. But they had the last episode was 2004. It's a good time. Yeah, so, it's a long uh, ago, but we know. talk about doing another episode every weekend, and then it just doesn't happen. You know. Then you realize you got responsibilities. And yeah, I got like a job, and then a kid. James is running wife. around. What'll happen first, that or Lady Keg? Uh, Probably Lady Keg. You know, everyone wants to do a podcast. That's what and I'm ready. You know, you guys, anyone who wants to do a podcast, you just go ahead, do it. You're going to regret you those words. Know you make the time. When it's you, you let me know when it's live on a website. <laughs> recorded and then I'll listen to it and that's when everyone shuts up that's when no one brings up a podcast ever again they need you and your equipment uh, I know that's yeah. right they do nice to be needed I'm an it? important cog that am and um, your popularity that I anything am, you're attached to I'm not willing get to get off his D I'm not willing to concede well see that's why I want to borrow his equipment that's so right besides as you get um, anybody else listen to anything I like the uh, Quack Talk podcast Quack yeah, Talk. Quack's podcast. Uh, he's a friend of the show. Listens to the Paper Craig West too. Ooh. Sorry, probably one of the Quack. strangest podcasts I've ever listened to, but very interesting. He hasn't had a new episode. It's just in a while. him talking about the news, right? Yeah, he goes through yeah. different topics, and he's got uh, specific music during each segment, and it's uh, unlike anything I've ever heard. Interesting, cool. Check it out live. Hmm. Yeah, you listen to just garbage podcasts, right? I do. Yeah, so I listen to SE Comicsologist. <laughs> no, no, I like the comicsologist, and it's actually compliments to you with the the, the format how you guys go twenty twenty five minutes. I mean that's uh-huh. that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I don't listen to any other comics podcasts because they're all like three and a half hours long. Yeah, and um, they all they're all talking to each other on like you know walkie talkies. Yeah, yeah, you get every other word, and then they talk over each other, and it's not fun. <laughs> um, another one's the stuff missed in history class. I try to listen to all the. Uh, What's that ha- podcast about? It's just like a, it's like a, actually like a history lesson. Like these two dames, they go back and like um, they'll w- one of the subject will be like old war galleons or mm-hmm. the Triangle Shirt fire fiery fire in New York, uh, you know, back in 1914 or whatever. It's just like a really cool educational podcast about uh, something, an, an event in history or you know it's a, a person or a, a piece mm-hmm. of piece of history. Well, you got like a four hour commute every day, don't you? Yeah, I do have about a two and a half hour commute daily. Oh, so uh, um, I'm actually uh, I've I've stopped listening to the podcast for the past month and month or two, and I've switched to audiobooks for a while. So how's that? I, I love it. Really? It's, it's yeah. It's my new. Can you concentrate thing. and drive and listen to a book at the same time? Uh, yeah, I actually can. It's the only time I can listen to a book. I can't. I couldn't do it while listen, at work or anything like that. Who does the voiceover? Do they have like a trained voice actor doing the reading the book, or do they have different yeah, people, or just one person? It's one guy. His uh, name is Roy Detrice. That sounds and, like a voiceover uh, actor. He's like an old actor. Um, he was actually his most notable role was probably like the old Beauty and the Beast show from like 1980. Was he Beast? Oh, with uh, he was like Beast Dad or with Hellboy as uh, yeah Ron Perlman as the Beast. But uh, his, his I mean, so I've heard his voice acting is amazing. He has a different voice for all the different oh okay uh, hmm. people and stuff. It's actually really engaging. For uh, I'm listening to the uh, Game of Thrones series of books, The Song of Ice and Fire. Um, <laughs> Mark, but other listen- than that, Radio Lab. Radio, yeah, yeah, Radio Lab's good. My yeah, friends do that voice acting for books and television shows. It's the criteria is really stringent. Like you can't have an ounce of any kind of accent, otherwise they don't want you. Hmm. Wow. See. That's how they get it. So what if they need somebody with an accent? Ooh, you still you, can't get it? You have to fake an accent to get You better job? be able to fake it pretty good. Mark, do you listen to podcasts? Thank you for asking, Jonesy. <laughs> what was that line you have written down for me? Dot, dot, dot. 
I don't listen to this S. You don't have time for podcasts. I don't have time for podcasts. You're too busy recording. Speaking of which, when's your Tosh Bueno airing, for God's sake? Apparently, according to producer, quote unquote. After Inherited comes out. <laughs> this season. Hmm. But for budgetary reasons, uh, they can't spare that $300. Oh, you guys unquote. get paid to do it, to yeah. be on the show? We do get paid for $300 it. $300 cash-ish. Split we do get it. paid. It's all going back to the show. Oh, that's lame. Hey. What can I say? Can't give each other like 75 bucks. Dude, you know? producer is kind of strict. And go get hammered. You guys doing anything new? You got any new videos up there? We're approaching the one year anniversary. I think we're renting out the Ambler Theater for it. It's How coming many up videos do you guys have up? Have you I been know, putting you more three. videos up? Yeah, we got about eight or nine, I think, at this yeah, point. I don't know that. You're renting out a theater? What are you doing, sketch comedy? We you should rent out a theater. If we, we should, should do it. We should do it. Episode 50. You're not going to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, to, I'm talking to the two other guys so here. So wait, what are, you're renting out a theater to do your, are you reenacting the videos? No, we're renting out the Ambler Theater, and it's just a three or four movie theater facility just to show the videos and have a little party just I'm to I'm say thanks. If, for the, I'm seeing if my young guy invite got caught in spam. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up in July. I got some time to get oh, it out. Oh, God. Worlds July. can't collide. We'll be Worlds dead. can't collide. We'll be dead by then. <laughs> Worlds can't collide. No, no meta. George Costanza. No, I barely got time for anything, so it's kind of hard for me to cram a podcast in. Um, I, no hate against them. I wish I had more time for it, but plus, I feel like finding a good podcast is just a bunch of trial and error. You have to wait through a bunch of true. crap to yeah. get to a good podcast. It's tough. That's true. Most of it is garbage. Unless you check out the iTunes reviews, like Paper Cake, for example. And I mean, our reviews are unmatched. We got we got a lot of reviews up there now. We just got a new one recently. We did, didn't it? Shout you out, Dale. Few, they always do. People's yeah. champ. Um, me. real quick before we end, podcasts I listen to. Uh, friend of the show, Alex Pierce. Oh yeah, has a podcast. Even though it's uh, he has one episode and that's it. Midnight mm. Mischief. Yeah, hasn't been. You know, it's as, uh, as I do recall, it's his first podcast. So. Yeah, we'll What's, it yeah. What's it about? Uh, the tagline, uh, here's the, here's a little bio. This is an hour-long podcast about a group of friends' misadventures, tales, and other poorly documented incidents. We also talk pop culture, movies, current events, and general nerdery. That sounds interesting, actually. Reminds me of J.O. Radio back in the day, you know? How we broke in. Man. Broke in. Uh, Instaflicka. Instaflicka. Mm-hmm. The talk show, uh, Let's Make Mistakes. I listen to. What's that? That is a podcast with Mike Montero, Mike underscore for the win on the Twitter. Did you ever see his retweets? Oh, yeah. Is that the guy with the pig face? Yeah. Freaks me out. Yeah, he runs a design firm, and they talk about design and business and all this good stuff. Uh, it's a lot of the podcasts I listen to, I, I, I need breaks on. I'll take a, like a couple weeks off. I'm just not in the mood to listen to it. And I'll never go back to the other ones. I'll just hop in. And it's not. Yeah, it's better. Because otherwise you feel overwhelmed because of the mm -hmm. backlog. I'm sure a lot of people do that with podcasts. I'm sure they do it with ours. You know, they'll skip an episode and aren't in the mood to listen to Mark yammer on about some awful garbage. Like Wolverine being incinerated to a skeleton? We'll see everybody next week. I think they <laughs> all did that for Transmetropolitan. <laughs> Ouch. No spoilers. Uh, nobody want to listen to that episode. But, no, but we will see everyone next week because we're running late. Love you. All right, goodbye. Peace.